Welcome to Women Volunteers, a GFWC NC podcast where we talk with women across North Carolina who volunteer their time in support of community improvement. We'll find out how they got started, how they manage these projects, and the impact of their volunteer actions. Hello, everyone. It is great to have you with us here today. And it is March, and March is Women's History Month. Now, you might be wondering uh, why we celebrate Women's History Month. And essentially, it's because it's a month that's dedicated to reflect on the often overlooked contributions of women to United States history. Now, there are a lot of things that uh, we could talk about in Women's History Month, and like most uh, months in which we have observations, we could certainly... uh, have our observations uh, for more than just one month. But what I'm going to focus on this month in our podcast series is women uh, who have contributed to uh, the General Federation of Women's Clubs of North Carolina. And this month, I'm going to focus on some of our leadership that we've had over the years. And specifically for this episode of the podcast, I'm actually going to read from one of our history books, Challenges for Change. And it's volume four in our series of history books for the GFWCNC. And this book was published in 1982. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to read two chapters about Juanita Martin Bryant. Now, Juanita Bryant was uh, president of the General Federation of Women's Clubs of North Carolina from 1968 to 1970. She was also president of the International Association, the General Federation of Women's Clubs from 1982 to 1984. So I'm going to walk us through and read to us a little bit of history about Juanita's uh, administrations. A Time for Women in Community Action. Juanita Martin Bryant, Mrs. J. Frank, President, 1968 to 1970. Executive Committee, Mrs. J. Frank Bryant of Boonville, President, Mrs. George W. Ross of Wilmington, First Vice President, Mrs. J. W. Weathers Jr. of Youngsville, Second Vice President, Mrs. Charles E. Brawley of Mooresville, Third Vice President, Mrs. L. E. Barnhart of Charlotte, Recording Secretary, Mrs. Guy Buckle of Eden, Corresponding Secretary, and Mr. L. Y. Ballantyne of Raleigh, Treasurer. I wonder if that was supposed to be Mrs. Board of Trustees, Mrs. James M. Harper of Southport, Chairman, Mrs. Edwin P. Brown of Murfreesboro, Vice Chairman, 1968 to 69, retired 69, Mrs. George H. Cates of Faison, Vice Chairman, 1969 to 70, Mrs. Byrne Bullard of Raleigh, Secretary, Mrs. Charles G. McIntosh of High Point, and Mrs. Fred B. Bunch, Jr. of Statesville, a new member, 1969. Mrs. J. Frank Bryant, President, and Mrs. L. Y. Ballantyne, Treasurer, and ex-officio members. No man is an island unto himself. With this premise in mind, and at a time when student unrest was prevalent, and pride in oneself, community, and nation at a low ebb, 
An administration theme of a time for women in community action was chosen with a general federation theme of individual involvement. The symbol of the volunteer emerged with special emphasis placed on involvement in public affairs. The program became one of action, focusing on the clubwoman's recognition of her community needs and acting upon those needs. At the beginning of the administration, a 28-page administration program booklet covering all phases of Federation work was written and distributed, and Caroline Clubwoman Paper Doll Booklet was created depicting the work of six departments and the 34 divisions. During the two-year administration, evidence of strength and growth may be summarized as follows. In the area of membership, a club extension chairman was appointed and a survey made of communities without clubs. Clubs were asked to federate new clubs in their districts where none existed. As a result, 15 new general and junior and 13 new sub-junior clubs were organized during the two-year administration. The sub-juniors at their annual jamboree in 1969 voted to become per capita dues-paying members of the federation. In citizenship, 164 clubs had 100% of their members registered and voting in the general election, while 156 clubs conducted get-out-the-vote campaigns. American flags were purchased by 3,965 club members for their homes, and club women purchased and wore American flag pins to implement their emphasis on patriotism and citizenship. The Federation played an important role in the passage of three bills in the North Carolina legislature, the establishment of a state youth commission, an eye safety check for school children, and the state zoo located near Asheboro. Clubs held 23 forums across the state, and all state legislative candidates were invited to attend one of these forums. A public affairs survey on issues and problems facing North Carolina was conducted with a tabulation of results forwarded to the governor and members of the legislature. The Federation held a Visit Your State Capital Day on May 28, 1969, with 1,233 club members attending the legislative sessions of the North Carolina General Assembly, visiting the governor's mansion at a coffee, and holding private sessions with their respective legislators. At the Federation's request, the governor proclaimed North Carolina Citizenship Week, May 25th through 31st, 1969. In scholarship, over $16,000 was added to the Sally Southall Cotton Scholarship Fund in an effort to reach the NCFWC goal of $100,000. Four scholarships at $800 each were awarded each year. In leadership, leadership development classes were promoted and conducted on the local as well as the state level, with an increase in attendance at all but one of the 16 district meetings. Club presidents in 1969 were included as members of the Federation's Board of Directors, enabling them to receive further leadership training. A questionnaire was presented to all board members, including club presidents, so that the North Carolina Federation might determine better and more efficient ways to serve the membership and to give members the opportunity to express themselves concerning all phases of Federation work. As a result, 
many good new ideas and suggestions were brought to the executive committee. Open House was held at all eight state correctional schools in September and October 1969. Especially featured on September 27, 1968, was NCFWC Day at Samarkand Manor in celebration of that institution's golden anniversary. Also, the Federation was notified that Marjorie Y. Yokely Memorial School in Coriuma, Bolivia, which was sponsored by the North Carolina Federation in memory of Miss Yokely, past president 1966-67, had been dedicated on August 18, 1969. At a time when women were accused of not properly assuming their political responsibilities and with the urging of her Federation friends and business acquaintances, Mrs. James M. Harper Jr. of Southport ran for lieutenant governor of North Carolina. In the 1968 Democratic primary, there were three persons running. Mrs. Harper, a newcomer to state politics, came in second with 23.99% of the vote, having polled 148,613 votes. The winner of the race was a former Speaker of the House in the General Assembly. The following two North Carolina Federation past presidents died during this administration. Mrs. Kate Burr, Clarence Johnson, President 1917-18 of Raleigh, died August 15, 1968. And Mrs. Ida McDonald, Charles G. Hook, President 1919-21 of Charlotte, died December 8, 1968. Mrs. Edwin P. Brown of Murfreesboro, NCFWC past president 1954-56, was presented to the Chowan College's Distinguished Alumni Award during commencement 1968. The 1969 convention was held at the Grove Park Inn in Asheville, April 27-30, through 30, using the theme, A Time for Challenge. Charters were presented to seven clubs, Welcome Women's Club of Lexington, Laurenburg Women's Club, Bessemer Junior Women's Club of Greensboro, Jamestown Service League of High Point, Zebulon Junior Women's Club, Boonville Junior Women's Club, and the Junior Women's Club of Williamston. A budget of $50,000 was accepted, and Mrs. Fred B. Bunch Jr. of Statesville was elected to a five-year term on the Board of Trustees. Mrs. Leif Valland of Raleigh, chairman of the legislative committee, reported to the, that the Federation, as a very active member of the NC Legislative Council, had been urging the General Assembly to pass a three-pronged program. Licensing of daycare centers, a consumer protection law, and the abolishment of the death penalty. The latter did not pass. Mrs. Valand urged club women to support a pending bill regarding auto tire safety. Mrs. Robert Leboteau of Gibsonville, cookbook chairman, reported a total of 5,002 volumes of Tar Heel receipts had been sold and presented $750 to the SSC Scholarship Fund, bringing the total net profit to $3,250. Mrs. Hayes Jones of the Lexington Women's Club presented $150 from her club to the scholarship fund as a memorial to Mrs. Bryant's mother-in-law, Mrs. Dixie Bryant. New resolutions passed for 1969 to 1973 were on air pollution control, conservation, 
Fine Arts, Family Life Education, United Nations, Pornographic Materials, Television, Education and Training of Deaf Children, and Crime and Violence. A revision of the Constitution and bylaws meant that the Federation would have an executive committee of seven officers, an executive board composed of approximately 54 officers and chairman of departments, divisions, and committees, and a board of directors including all club presidents, bringing its membership to approximately 500. The board of directors was thus restructured to increase involvement and greater use of talents of more club women than heretofore in the Federation. Especially appropriate and well-received was an inspirational excuse me, an inspiring musical program given by approximately 125 young people called the Singing Sing Out Asheville Group. They demonstrated a new vitality and morality, patriotism, and love. Special guest at this convention was Mrs. Carol E. Miller, GFWC third vice president, who addressed the convention on This is the Time. Other speakers were Charles J. Carricker, Jr., Director of Employee and Community Relations and Secretary of the Cincinnati Inquirer, Cincinnati, Ohio, who spoke on life with a capital E, E being enthusiasm. In speaking on the need for enthusiasm to work with people, he challenged club members with, quote, years may wrinkle your skin, but to give up enthusiasm will wrinkle your soul. End quote. Senator Marshall A. Roche of Gastonia spoke on a look at the 1969 legislature and discussed bills pending in the legislature of special interest to club women. Dr. Gordon W. Blackwell, president of Furman University in South Carolina, South Carolina, spoke on student unrest on the campus, describing and analyzing the three types of restless students as being the committed idealist, the career rebels and reformers, and the unstable and pathological with an overlapping between the types. And Roger Carrick of High Point, president of the North Carolina Youth Councils Incorporated, who spoke on Youth Today. In his endeavor to establish a state youth commission, he stated his slogan, if you want to get something started, get youth behind it. And if you want to get it established, get the women's clubs behind it. The legislature established the commission on April 30th, 1969. Robert Montgomery, former film star and current president of the board of the Repertory Theater of Lincoln Center, New York City, spoke at the convention meeting on communication. He expressed his concern over the power the radio and television networks exert over our culture. By request, he read Robert E. Lee by Beret. Registered at this convention were 569 voting delegates. Mrs. Bryant chose as her 1970 convention theme, A Better World Begins With Me, with special emphasis on good citizenship. The convention was held April 21st through 24th at the Robert E. Lee Hotel and Convention Center in Winston-Salem. The following eight new clubs were chartered. Selma Junior Women's Club, Four Oaks Junior Women's Club, Robbins Women's Club, Hudson Women's Club, Polkville Women's Club, Renaissance Women's Club of Charlotte, Monroe Junior League, and Evergreen Women's Club of Fayetteville. Speakers were Dr. Cleo Dawson, psychologist, author, and lecturer from Lexington, Kentucky, whose topic was The 20th Century Head-On. 
Dr. C. Excel Roselle, retired minister, who spoke on the responsibilities of citizenship, Mrs. Nancy W. Chase, Wayne County representative in the General Assembly, Mrs. Geraldine R. Nielsen, senator from Forsyth County, who spoke on the importance of women in politics and problems and opportunities facing our state and nation, and Dr. Harvey C. Hahn, pastor of the Otterbing United Methodist Church, Dayton, Ohio, who talked on patterns for living. Mrs. Earl J. Hazelton, GFWC Leadership Division Chairman, conducted leadership development workshops throughout the convention. At this convention, the North Carolina Federation became an affiliate member of the North Carolina Association of Women Highway Safety Leaders, Incorporated. There were 834 registrants at the convention. Mrs. Edwin P. Brown, NCFWC past president, installed the following officers to serve during the 1970-1972. President Mrs. Paul Keller of Smithfield, first vice president Mrs. Harold W. Odenwald of Greensboro, second vice president Mrs. Edwin McCoy of Statesville, third vice president Mrs. James D. White of High Point, recording secretary, Mrs. J.V. Caliendo of Stanley, corresponding secretary, Mrs. Frank Moffat of Charlotte, treasurer, Mrs. David Worth of Raleigh, and trustee Mrs. Julian Porter of Severn. Mid-year board of directors meetings were held in Raleigh, December 5th through 6th, 1968, at the Velvet Cloak, and in Charlotte at the White House Inn, December 8th through 9th, 1969. State Fine Arts Festivals were held both years at the University of North Carolina in Greensboro, March 29, 1969, with 593 in attendance, and again on April 4, 1970, with 613 registrants. State summer workshops were held at Lake Junaluska, July 8 through 9, 1968, and in High Point, June 26 through 27, 1969. The 6th and 7th annual sub-junior jamborees were held in Smithfield, July 30th through 31st, 1968, and in Raleigh, August 4th through 5th, 1969. More than 200 sub-juniors attended these meetings. A large number of women attended the NCCWO Leadership Training Workshops at Chapel Hill, July 8th through 11th, 1968, and at Meredith College, Raleigh, July 14th through 17th, 1969, as well as the NCCWO Public Affairs Fall Forums at NC State University Raleigh, September 26, 1968, and again September 25, 1969, at the Statler Hilton Raleigh. Members attended the GFWC Southeastern Council meetings, of which Mrs. C. Gordon Madry of Raleigh was president, held at St. Petersburg, Florida, November 11 through 13, 1968, and November 3rd through 5th, 1969, in Birmingham, Alabama. The GFWC Southeastern Regional Community Improvement Program Seminar, held at the University of North Carolina in Chapel Hill, September 30th through October 1, 1968, was well attended by North Carolina club members. The Federation sponsored a trip to Hawaii, February 7th through 21, 1970, and club women attended the General Federation Convention held June 2nd through 6, 1969 in Cleveland, Ohio. Twenty from the North Carolina Federation attended the GFWC Convention held at San Antonio, Texas, June 7th through 12, 1970. 
The Federation was 100% participation in the Community Improvement Program and received $800 from the Sears Roebuck Foundation at this convention. The Federation allocated the money to the SSE Scholarship Fund in honor of the retiring president, Mrs. Bryant. The North Carolina Junior Clubs won division awards in recreation, public speaking, creative homemaking, United Nations, international hostess, and international affairs. They tied for second place for federating the most new clubs, and they were presented a special plaque for their skit given at GFWC Junior Fun Night. The North Carolina Federation was recognized for having the best sub-junior program in the nation. Those North Carolina club women serving the General Federation during the 1968-70 administration were Mrs. James M. Harper, Jr. of Southport, Chairman, Constitution and Bylaws Committee, Mrs. Fred B. Bunch, Jr. of Statesville, Chairman of Processionals at GFWC Convention, Mrs. George H. Cates of Faison, Hostess Committee at GF Convention, and Mrs. C. Gordon Madry of Raleigh, President of the Southeastern Regional Council. Now, there's some interesting observations in reading this chapter, and one that really stands out is... Um, the politics, right? Uh, 1968-1970, great unrest in the U.S., uh, a lot of um, a lot of division, uh, and uh, a lot of uh, unity and coming together. I think you would see in this this uh, administration. I think the numbers were quite interesting, in the sense of how many women went to the state capitol on May 28, 1969. It was 1,233 women. Imagine that today, you know, these women coming to speak with the governor and speak with their elected officials and to put forth the agenda that they believe is important to lifting women up in North Carolina. Also, we talked about uh, the former president who was running for um, lieutenant governor. That's Mrs. James Harper of Southport and the support she received from the club. And the the amount of um, fundraising and money that came in, but also that action about the licensing of daycare centers, a consumer protection law. Some of these things, it's easy to recognize the value of them today, but we may not know where they started. A lot of the things that we find of value or make for safe communities or safe families or safe homes really were born in the women's clubs. At the time when women were really stepping into political action. And also you noticed our conventions, we had a lot of different speakers speaking on different topics and a lot of attendees at the conventions. Another thing that really stands out to me as I read through these history books is the fact that it can be a little bit difficult to understand who these women were because we were still referring to them by their uh, husband's name. So, you know, Juanita Bryant, for example, was Mrs. J. Frank. So um, I, I know when I've done some historical research, I found uh, that to be a little bit difficult when there are multiple Mrs. J. Franks, right, and trying to figure out which one is which. Now, uh, Juanita Bryant was installed as the international president of the General Federation of Women's Clubs from 1982 to 1984. And I'm going to read from that chapter for you. 
The installation of Juanita Martin Bryant, Mrs. J. Frank, the first North Carolinian ever to serve as international president of the General Federation of Women's Clubs, took place on June 11, 1982 in Bismarck, North Dakota, at the close of the 91st GFWC Annual Convention. Mrs. Bryant is an honorary president of the North Carolina Federation, having served for the 1968-70 administration. Staunchly supporting their candidate, the North Carolina delegation of 58 club members and six husbands was the largest delegation of the GFWC convention, held June 6 through 11, 1982, except for the hostess state of North Dakota. Members arrived early and stayed late, traveling by car, van, camper, private plane, and commercial plane. They took advantage of a 2,000-mile trek to see the intervening countryside and used it as a stepping stone to visit the West Coast and toured the Dakota's picturesque plains and mountains both before and after the five-day convention. Preparations for this event began early in the summer of 1980 when Mrs. John V. Sutton, NCFWC President 1980-82, held the first state meeting after Mrs. Bryant's election as GFWC president-elect in June 1980. The following NCFWC past presidents were appointed to the steering committee. Mrs. C. Gordon Madry, overall chairman, Mrs. Harold W. Odenwald, and Mrs. V. Herman Creech, Jr., chairman of the North Carolina inaugural dinner, Mrs. Molly L. Johnson and Mrs. Frank C. Moffat, Chairman of the Reception, Mrs. Kern Holloman, President-Elect, Chairman of the Installation, Mrs. Sutton, and Mrs. Joseph G. Tobert, NCFWC Executive Secretary, were ex-officio members of the committee. Members called themselves Friends of Juanita. To begin the festivities, the North Carolina Social Hour and Dinner were held in the Bavarian Room at the Kirkwood Motor Inn at 6 p.m. on June 11, 1982, preceding the installation. In attendance were GFWC honorary presidents and their husbands, outgoing and incoming GFWC officers, special guests, members of the president-elect's family, and the entire North Carolina delegation and husbands. With Mrs. John V. Sutton, NCFWC president 1980-82 presiding, Mrs. C. Gordon Madry, NCFWC Honorary President 1960-62 and GFWC Chaplain for 1982-84, gave the invocation. After Mrs. Sutton introduced the guests, Mrs. Harold W. Odenwald, NCFWC Honorary President 1972-74 and GFWC Southeastern Conference President 1980-82, presented Mrs. Bryant with a hand-painted dogwood arrangement on a wooden pedestal with a plaque engraved in Federation Love as a gift of devotion from the North Carolina Federation. Mrs. Curran Holloman, NCFWC President 1982-84, toasted the incoming GFWC International President, and Mrs. Bryant responded with her thanks and gratitude to the North Carolina Federation for its support through the years. She announced the GFWC Fall Board of Directors meeting would be held in Raleigh in September 1982 and extended a personal and special invitation to board members to attend. She also announced North Carolina Days in Washington at headquarters would be October 1, 2, and 3, 1982, 
and invited North Carolina Clubwin to visit her at GFWC headquarters during this time. She then disclosed that her personal appointments for the two years were Mrs. Molly L. Johnson of Thomasville, Honorary President 1976-78 as GFWC Executive Hostess, and her personal aides, Debbie Bryant of Boonville and Raleigh, daughter of Mrs. Bryant, Pat Davis of Raleigh, Teresa Lee of Wilmington, and Judy Wall of Rural Hall, sister of Mrs. Bryant. The theme of the dinner, North Carolina, from the mountains to the sea, was evident in the table decorations, which were centered with three metal discs on which hurricane lamps held blue candles, surrounded by arrangements of seashells, pine branches, white roses, and blue ribbons. Cross-stitch place cards with the outline of North Carolina and blue on white were centered with individual embroidered names. Favors were sand dollars from the North Carolina coast and wooden plaques on stands on which were printed the legend of the sand dollar. Immediately following the dinner, the group went to the Bismarck Municipal Auditorium for the installation. At 8.30 p.m., North Carolina Marshals Linda Marco of Greensboro and Betty Tobert of Raleigh led the processional of incoming officers to the stage, where the focal point was a magnificent basket of red roses. Mrs. Don L. Scheid, GFWC Retiring International President, presented Michael Riley, operatic bass baritone, whose mini concert set the tone for the evening. Mrs. Scheid recognized Mrs. Carol E. Miller, GFWC Honorary President 1974-76, who installed the 1982-84 GFWC officers. As each officer was installed, she was escorted to the center of the stage by her state director of junior clubs, where she was met by her state president, presented an arm bouquet of red roses, received her charge of office, and was given a pin designed by Mrs. Bryant that will designate each office in the future. At the conclusion of the installation service and the presentation of honorary president and presidential pins by the outgoing incoming presidents, Mrs. Bryant gave her inaugural address. Her presentation, part spoken and part three-dimensional audiovisual, was innovative, informative, and inspiring. She announced that the new logo for the 1982-84 administration would be the V for volunteer and the theme Unity and Diversity, Community Improvement Through Volunteer Efforts. She invited the audience to view a capsule presentation of the professionally narrated audiovisual presentation entitled GFWC Volunteer 1982-84, which outlined programs and projects for the new administration. She quoted from Jenny June Crowley, who described the purpose of the Cirrhosis Club of New York, the GFWC Mother Club, as being, quote, a stirring of intense desire that women should come together, all together, not from one church or one neighborhood or one walk of life, but from all quarters, and take counsel together, find the causes of failure and separation, of ignorance and wrongdoing, and try to discover better ways, more intelligent methods. End quote. Nowhere, Mrs. Bryant said, is there a better definition of unity and diversity. Mrs. Bryant pledged that as this administration begins, quote, I shall draw strength from your strength, find wisdom in your counsel, learn humility from your steadfastness, and draw courage from your dreams 
because the potential of GFWC is infinite, end quote. North Carolina club members escorted the officers from the auditorium where they boarded buses for the reception in the Rhine Hall room of the Kirkwood Motor Inn. The walls of the entire Rhine Hall ballroom were covered with hand-painted scenes of North Carolina, from mountains to the sea. On the right wall were mountains flanked with a border of flowering dogwood, rhododendron, and native North Carolina plants, with a focal point being Pilot Mountain. Directly ahead in the center was a white colonial mansion flanked by scenes of old Salem and tobacco fields. On the left was the seashore, bordered by sandy beaches, shells, and shrubs, and the Cape Hatteras Lighthouse, while on the fourth wall was an outlined map of the state, pinpointing North Carolina's industrial and agricultural products. Gazebos on each side served as refreshment centers for a variety of drinks, while tables interspersed over the room were laden with food. Barbecued pork roast, beef roast, sausage and ham biscuits, colorful finger sandwiches, hors d'oeuvres, petit fours, miniature fruit pies, and Moravian cookies and peanuts from North Carolina. To identify the North Carolina delegation as hostess, delegates wore long navy skirts, on which were hand-painted the North Carolina official flower and bird, the dogwood, and the cardinal. Summery, long-sleeved white blouses were worn with the skirts, and the identifying handcrafted badges used as place cards at the dinner earlier in the evening completed their attire. The receiving line was formed on the porch of the Colonial Mansion, where Mrs. Kern Holloman received the guest, and Mrs. John V. Sutton presented them to Mrs. Bryant and the newly installed officers. As international guests signed the guest book, they were given an original, handwoven, laminated bookmark commemorating the event. Present for the festivities were Mrs. Bryant's husband, Frank, daughter, Debbie, son and daughter-in-law, Steve and Don Bryant, and Jay and sister, Judy Wall. The three-hour reception marked the close of a never-to-be-forgotten moment in the history of the North Carolina Federation of Women's Clubs, a landmark filled with beauty, satisfaction, and excellence. It was the ending of the Federation's two years of preparation and the beginning of a GFWC administration founded on solid support, confidence, pride, love, and high esteem. A complete list of North Carolinians in attendance were Marjorie Beavers and Jean Bolt, Winston-Salem, Gladys Burroughs, Greensboro, Carol Brinkley, Lexington, Sarah Lou Brown, Boonville, Debbie Bryant, Raleigh, Juanita and Frank Bryant, Boonville, Jay Bryant and Steve and Don Bryant, Raleigh, Johnny Burke, Greensboro, Ruth Capps, Black Mountain, Mary Conrad, Lexington, Pat Davis, Raleigh, Marty Dixon, Greensboro, Angela Early, Ahoski, Virginia Evans, Washington, Joyce Gibbons, Asheville, Edwina Gillum, Wagren, Louise Greer, Wilmington, Katie Grubbs, Winston-Salem, Nellie Haley, Rocky Mount, Inez Hargrove, Oriental, Rosalie Harlan, Rockingham, Grace and Fred Harwell, Washington, Alice Hatcher, Kinston, June Hayes, Raleigh, Willie Lee and James Hollinsworth, Asheville, Kay and Kern Holloman, Raleigh, Molly Johnson, Thomasville, Martha Lancaster, High Point, Teresa Lee, Wilmington, Carol Lewis, Gastonia, Eva Long, Tarboro, Mabel Claire Madry, Raleigh, Carolyn Mann, Boonville, Linda Marco, Greensboro, Peggy Moffat, Charlotte, Essie Newman, Star, 
Elaine Odenwald, Greensboro, Margaret Owen, Salisbury, Barbara Price, Newburn, Dorotha Rose, Ahoski, Eva Ross, Wilmington, Polly Russ, Shalow, Ola Bell and A.N. Sawyer, Washington, Jean Sharp, Ahoski, Donna Sims, High Point, Sarah Sizemore, Boonville, Emma Gay Stevenson, Durham, Anita Stilley, Charlotte, Helen Sutton, Greensboro, Esther Thomas, Laurenburg, Louise Thompson, Wilmington, Betty Tobert, Raleigh, Anne Upchurch, Rayford, Vanna Viglioni, Fayetteville, Judy Wall, Rural Hall, Lucille Wedby, Wilmington, Mary Kay and Oren Whitener, Lenore, Thelma Whitley, Washington, Iris Williams, Asheville, J.B. Williams, Tarboro, and Mildred Wishon Hickory. That was a long list of names, but it was a special moment for the North Carolina Federation. And one thing I find really interesting is, you know, a couple of years, obviously, into this pandemic, that's uh, the decorations for this installation sound absolutely amazing. Uh, I could just picture it in my mind. And I think that we could agree that uh, Juanita and the women of the North Carolina Federation did an amazing job at presenting North Carolina to the rest of the women. Uh, thank you for walking back with me a little bit and exploring some history and we'll continue to explore our history through the entire month of March. Women Volunteers is a podcast by Kelly Paul for GFWCNC. If you're interested in learning more about the General Federation of Women's Clubs of North Carolina and how you can join these amazing women in improving our communities, please visit us on the web at gfwcnc.org.